Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Redbow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha y entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com. Hey everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked the podcast. I'm Carissa Vickis, your host. How's everyone? I hope everybody had a lovely, lovely week. I know it's been quite hectic and emotionally driven um, by Mercury and it going in, in retrograde. I was about to say again, metrograde. It's like this thing that one day last year when I was ranting and raving, it just came out and I said metrograde. But anyway, like I hope everyone had a beautiful week. And we finally made it as if we're like at the 100th episode, which I hope one day we will get there. But we made it to the second episode and I'm super, super excited to present today's topic to you. But before we jump in to the good goods, um, I need to do a bit of house cleaning. I got to do this. So I actually, apart from doing all the research and everything, I actually had time to open a new Instagram account and a Facebook page. So you can give us a follow on Instagram at beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. I don't know why the second underscore sounded so bad, but give us like a follow on Instagram. You can also find um, our Facebook page, Beauty Unlocked the Podcast, and of course our private um, Facebook group, which is also Beauty Unlocked the Podcast. We also have our email, so send us an email. Let us know what you want to listen to. Send us your opinions. Send us your stories. I would love to like connect with you guys also, and you can send me an email um, at beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. And until I have um, a bit of time, somehow I'm going to get there. Um, so like I said, bear with me with everything until I set up like a, a new um, web page. Uh, you can listen to our podcast at beautyunlockedpodcast.libsyn, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. And you can um, get all, all, all our two, our two episodes so far on Lipson.com. So beautyunlockedpodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Until I finally like get a web page or a website, I should say. Um, I'll also be posting the links to um, the Instagram on our bio and also our Facebook group, our private Facebook group, and also the Facebook page. Alrighty then, so that's that's the, the bit of house cleaning I had to do. I know, so sorry, it took a, a bit, but we're gonna jump right into some exciting, exciting stuff that I found um, this week. I was having some technical difficulties. I can't even speak at this point because this microphone is seriously being a salty little bitch and I'm hoping that I 
figured it out now so that I won't be having any sound issues and that you guys can hear me loud and fucking clear. So the idea for this week's episode came from, well, it just came and popped into my mind actually about an article I had read or come across a couple of years ago. It was either two or three years ago and I had come across this article and it talked about Snapchat and Snapchat filters and um, and basically the term, which I'll talk about in a few moments, uh, the term uh, Snapchat dysmorphia. And it really in, in, it intrigued me a few years ago. I started researching and I came across tons of articles about it. And uh, I narrowed it down to four. And you guys are, are lucky because there aren't or there isn't so much statistical data as last week's episode. So let's get into what uh, Snapchat dysmorphia is. And this is how it's been described. The phenomenon of people requesting procedures to resemble their digital image has been referred to as Snapchat dysmorphia. And this term was coined by the cosmetic doctor, and so sorry if I pronounce this wrong, Dr. Tijian Esho, and he's the founder of the Esho Clinics in London and Newcastle. He said that he noticed a significant change in his patients' demands. So instead of bringing pictures of celebrities with the ideal, this is an air quote, quotes, ideal, nose or jaw, now he uh, saw that they were bringing heavily filtered images of themselves. There's a Dr. Wasim Tak. Took. I'm so sorry if I'm, I'm gonna. There's so many names. I might not be bringing to you statistical data, but apparently I'm gonna be bringing to you a lot of names, and some of these I won't be pronouncing right. So, Doctor Wasim Taktuk. He, um, like Doctor Esho, he uses non-surgical, non-permanent injectables such as Botox and dermal fillers to enlarge lips or smooth a bumpy nose, and he um, talked about a client coming to see him at his Kensington clinic. And this uh, client was notice noticeably upset after a date made through an app that went south. So when she met the man, he was disappointed and said, you don't look anything like your picture. The woman showed Taktuk the heavily filtered image on her profile and said, I want to look like that. The doctor said it was flawless without a single marking of a normal human face. He told her he couldn't help her. If that's the picture you're going to put out of yourself, you're setting yourself up for disappointments. I just need to have a, I need to have a moment. Now, uh, we've all been, okay, I'm a, not all of us, obviously, but we've all been on those awkward dates. And I can imagine how this lady felt about what the man told her. But I'm, I feel like, I mean, I understand that, of course, also, like, the doctor has to... I found, like, his response to, like, her her being upset was a bit, li like, a bit, I don't know, very direct. And although I am a very direct person, I, I, I found that his answer was quite direct in... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, his response was a bit direct for me. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I'm just going to have to, like, re-quote him. And it says, if that's the picture you're going to put out of yourself, you're setting yourself up for disappointed. I, disappointment. I want to know what this picture looked like. I mean, unless she had, like, the crown or the bunny or dog ears, I'm not too sure. But this, this, uh, this picture intrigues me. I wouldn't mind seeing it. 
Um, I don't I don't think I'll have such a, a response. But then again, you know, to each their own. Just let me know what you guys think of the doctor's response. Was he like a bit too crude or was he right in replying? But then again, we would need to see the image. But again, we can't judge others. Fair enough. So when the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery um, surveyed its members in 2017, they said that 55%, ooh, statistics, 55% of surgeons said patients' motivation was to look better in selfies, and that was up just 13% in 2016. So then we say, we, we hear from a Dr. Vashi, and he told a website in Verse that these photo editing apps provide a glimpse of perfection that's difficult not to chase, explaining that it becomes a trigger for people to become very preoccupied uh, with how they look. It then says, like we spoke about in the last um, in the last episode, that we've long associated perfect symmetry with beauty, even hypothesizing that symmetry is an evolutionary indicator of health and an ability to seduce, um, all of which is at the very least still up for debate. Well, not really, but anyway. Facial asymmetry is one of the things these filters excel in correcting. So we see that more and more people, of course, are using filters that smooth out their skin, remove any bumps, remove blemishes, um, and basically create a perfect, perfect, huh, perfect image um, of ourselves. And for some people, it can get quite addictive. Um, there was a paper that was published in August 2018 in actually the Journal of Facial Plastic Surgery, and it noted that airbrushing used to be just for celebrities. And of course, we we fantasize again with this airbrushing that all celebrities are like flawless, perfect skin, perfect hair. But of course it takes a whole bunch of people, like an army of people to get that celebrity to look like they do on covers of magazines and, and wherever, wherever. So then it, it continues to say in this, uh, in this journal that it certainly made its own impact on society's standards of beauty, but things have taken a different turn today. Filters, light, light, ooh, lighting, and other social media tricks have introduced this drive for perfection to the masses. A quick share on Instagram and the likes and comments start rolling in. These filters and edits have become the norm, altering people's perception of beauty worldwide. This is what the author writes. And we can clearly, we, we even noticed it, or we always, sorry, we even spoke about it in the last episode. So, of course, it's nothing new that we see all these imperfections in the mirror. And we, we, we know, and I'm not one to use filters. The only filters I use is to, you know, like that sepia or, you know, just to change the picture how it seems. I don't use like to, to, to like uh, filters, extreme filters. I don't even have those kind of applications that like you know make my teeth whiter or you know take the bags out of from under my eyes because I'm all about showing my true authentic self so I really don't care if I have bags on my, under my eyes I need to get more hydrated and I need more sleep <laughs> so but these applications like they they make us see that we we can look much much better almost dare I say perfect so the more time people spend on social media, the more their brains are being affected by the content they are exposing themselves to. For some, this means it encourages them to view their own natural appearance as being unacceptable. And this is what Dr. Patrick J. Uh, Barn? 
Okay, I'm just going to go with Byrne, <laughs> a Patrick J. Byrne. So sorry. I'm telling you with names, it's like, ugh. I, I, I wish I don't have to say so many. This is not my fetish. Telling, like, saying people's names is definitely not my fetish. Throw me some statistical data. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, then we, we uh, there's a doctor. Oh God, all these doctors. Dr. Mark Schwartz. Um, he's a plastic surgeon in New York. And he says the desire to fix these imperfections may hit young women the hardest. He says that this this group of well this group of young women often ask for injectable fillers and Botox as well as breast augmentation and liposuction to appear like the celebrities they see on social me media. They have grown accustomed to seeing themselves in a somewhat distorted way on a tiny screen and in photos that have been edited to remove imperfections and take advantage of light uh, lighting lighting tricks. Why can't I say that word today? What is happening? So this is, this is what uh, Dr. Mark Schwartz says. Uh, there's so many, there's just so, so many doctor's names here. Oh my God. <laughs> Woo, I should just call it like, so what's the doctor's name? This episode is definitely gonna be called, what's the doctor's name? Uh, then we're presented to a, a Dr. Sam Risk, a facial plastic surgeon in New York City, uh, who also agrees that it's millennials who are hyper-focused on how they appear on Instagram and Snapchat. In all reality, uh, it's millennials who are hyper-focused on how they appear on social media. <laughs> we're not going to only pinpoint Instagram and Snapchat. Selfies taken with a ring light and using editing apps and filters can distort someone's self-image. And he continues to say that the Kardashians practically invented this phenomenon. I feel like I'm getting a new episode, um, a new like episode topic in my in my head right now because of the Kardashians. Don't sue me. Mean no disrespect, but yeah, that's just in my head. I'm just thinking of like, ooh, that should be the next topic. Not the Kardashians, don't worry, but just something about them. Anyway, going on, I actually I'm always confused as to what what constitutes a millennial like from what uh year to what year because i always find it very confusing so of course i like went and i said uh, i don't remember exactly what i typed in anyway and i typed in like millennials and of course wikipedia trusted wikipedia like comes up and this is how it explains millennials I wrote this in bright red in my notes. Millennials, also known as Generation Y or simply Gen Y, are the demographic cohort following Generation X and preceding Generation Z. Thank you very much. I think I know my alphabet. Going on. Researchers and popular media used the early 1980s as a starting birth uh, as starting birth years and the mid-1990s to early 2000s as ending birth years, with 1981 to 1996 a widely accepted definition. Ah, Wikipedia, I'm going to start a love affair soon with you, you saucy minx. As we're talking about Snapchat dysmorphia, I, uh, I included in this episode like body dysmorphic disorder because it falls under the spectrum of. So, um... I'm going to talk about what body dysmorphic disorder is and can social media in general trigger it. So the definition of body dysmorphic disorder or BDD is a mental illness that can lead affected individuals to have frequent thoughts about their appearance, seek constant reassurances 
from others that they look okay. They check their appearance in the mirror or other reflective surfaces repeatedly. They avoid social situations to prevent others from seeing them, and they use hats, scarves, and makeup to conceal the perceived flaw. And this is according to the uh, International OCD Foundation. So people with BDD also often seek cosmetic surgeries to, air quotes, fix their per perceived imperfections. Uh, it continues to say this article that the development of BDD is multifactorial and it includes genetics and brain chemistry, which can play a role. So, um, for instance, it's it often co-occurs uh, co with other conditions like depressed depression, eating disorders, and obsessive compulsive disorder, or it's also known as OCD. So, in fact, BDD like I said, body dysmorphic disorder, is considered an obsessive-compulsive-related disorder. Um, and this is noted by the International OCD Foundation. In fact, both BDD and OCD are marked by obsession. Uh, so people with BDD, this obsession is body-focused. They say that a recent report in the U.S. Medical Journal uh, facial plastic surgery uh, suggested that filtered images blurring the line of reality and fantasy could be triggered triggering to people who suffer from body dysmorphic disorder so while everybody has at least one part of their appearance that they don't like BDD goes beyond seeing and even being bothered by physical imperfections so the people who do suffer with BDD are consumed by thoughts about their flaws which may cause severe emotional distress and interfere with daily functioning. And this is according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. It's something that affects about one in 50 people, mostly young and women and men in equal amounts. So uh, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America goes on to say, that someone with BDD is likely to respond to social media images in a far more intense way. Uh, the idea that one is being shamed for their appearance and doesn't match the standard of perf perfection can increase the risk of depression and cause elevated levels of anxiety, a general distortion of their perception of themselves. So this is also from another doctor that is quoted saying this. So social media can prompt repetitive behaviors in someone with uh, body dysmorphic disorder. Uh, they, they, they make comparisons with others, and this can make people worry more about how they look. And this is uh, Dr. Catherine Phillips. Uh, she's a psychiatrist at uh, New York, uh, well, in New York, actually. And she adds that many of her patients report that social media images are a source of stress for them. While what happens in the brain of those with BDD when viewing social media hasn't been studied, she says it's possible that uh, the activity increases in parts of the brain known as the, oh my God, okay, orbitofrontal cortex, oh Lord, and caudate areas that tend to be hyperactive in people with BDD, which probably reflects obsessional thoughts. It continues to say that um, for these people, habits like taking excessive selfies. Now, I'm not too sure what would be considered excessive selfies, but I guess more than like 10 a day, I assume. Uh, so habits like taking excessive selfies and analyzing them for flaws can be damaging. They often make people feel worse and can fuel more BDD repetitive preoccupation. And this is what Dr. Phillips is saying. 
Because there are so many gorgeous celebrities to compare oneself with, it isn't surprising that people with BDD and those without BDD too often feel worse after they compare themselves with these images. In addition, people with BDD not only underestimate their own attractiveness, but also tend to overestimate the attractiveness of others, which makes this problem even worse, she says. There's also another, um, there was another study published in, well, there was, a, yes, another study like published in December 2015 in the International Journal of Eating Disorders, and it showed that social media is correlated with body dissatisfaction and the desire to change one's appearance. But this alone doesn't mean someone has BDD. For those who do have BDD, social media uh, use may go hand in hand with obsessive comparisons with celebrities or friends who too may be spending hours curating, enhancing, and retouching their photos. BDD can lead these patients to engage in another compulsion, which is seeking plastic surgery. Then they continue, it continues to say that we found plastic surgery doesn't make BDD go away, but it intensifies it. So it continues to say um, that it's tempting to call your filtered photos the best, air quotes, best version of yourself. But what is that really saying? It's the extent to which we are bothered by our flaws that determines if this is problematic. And this is what uh, Dr. Whistle says. Those who suffer with BDD may be so consumed by their appearance that it impacts their relationships, work, and social life. Oh, but even if someone doesn't develop BDD, the desire to airbrush your flaws away remains damaging. And it's a trend that may be encouraging young people to put far too much emphasis on their own personal appearance than they should. I also believe that that is not only social media, but society in general. There was a pub, uh, another study published in 2018 in the Journal of Body Image, and it was conducted on undergraduate college women. I found that those who placed more emphasis on Instagram likes were more likely to compare their appearance with others and be dissatisfied with their facial features. They say that um, platforms like Instagram and Snapchat were linked to a hyper-focus on one's body appearance and eating disorders. This is, this is, like I said in my, in my previous, like, um, episode, it's just, it's, it's a global phenomenon. It is an issue, and it's only now that we're beginning to actually really look into the psychological effects not only of social media, but of society. Well, of course, like, social media is, in, like, influences our society. Um, movies do too, TV, magazines, whatever. It all, like, of course, um, is, there's all a connection in there. But it's, it's only now that we're actually, in the last, like, maybe 15 years, that we're actually taking this as a serious problem. Uh, but that's, that's my little rant and rave. Anyway. So it continues to say that it's easy to see why social media can be so damaging for people with BDD. Whether Snapchat is a trigger, it's still up for debate, but it's, it's, um, it can be a driving factor. It's not social media that causes BDD, but rather uh, it exacerbates the existing BDD. And this is what uh, Dr. Uh, Talia Whistle says. And they were saying that basically, apart from that, they noticed that uh, the people that are seeking uh, facial plastic surgery, and this is just facial plastic surgery, if people are getting younger and younger. It's like 70% of people that are coming in for plastic surgery um, or injectables, they're like under the age of 30. Can you imagine? Under the age of 30 and people are seeking 
72% of these people are seeking uh, facial plastic surgery. So it's, it's really becoming a bit, it's a bit too much. Um, my little rave is going to go here. I don't have an issue with plastic surgery. I don't have an issue with, recon well, obviously, I certainly don't have an issue with reconstructive surgery. Um, the thing is that I do believe that these doctors in general, they have to screen their patients very, very well to see um, if there, there isn't underlying issues. It's one thing, I, I just find that if we're going into doctor's offices or plastic surgeon's offices and pinpointing, this is our problem, this is our problem, this is our problem, I want to look like my filtered image, well, doctors have to, I, I do believe that it's, it's a point of where they have to refer that patient to a psychologist because there might be underlying issues. Yes, of course, like social media does play a small role in it, but it's a society in general that's putting way too much pressure on everyone. I'm not going to pinpoint a certain age or whatever. Everyone is affected by in society, especially unless you, you live off the grid. But if you're living in society, you're being bombarded with images. I don't care where they come from, whether it be social media, to TV, to whatever commercial, to whatever like advertisement, wherever you're getting it from, it's feeding. And you might not be aware of it, but somehow we're, we're, all, uh, we're all being affected by it. And again, statistical data I cannot believe that 72% of people that are going to um, seek facial like facial plastic surgery are under the age of 30 72% is mind-boggling and that's why I find statistical data so so sexy all right so we're getting to the end folks but before that I wanted to talk about in one of the articles that I read they actually gave a case of uh, someone whose name um, is Anika and they used to call Anika the snap queen so between the ages of 19 and 21 she was obsessed with snapchat and she said that she um, she was to the point where she had about 4,000 followers and at the peak of her in quotes tragic behavior she reckons now a year after quitting the image sharing app she was taking 25 selfies a day I guess that would be excessive <laughs> selfie taking she liked the sense of having a platform she says with the average selfie getting 300 replies uh, and she's she's quoted as saying it was like oh my god i'm so popular i've got to show my face but the filters were also part of the appeal the londoner had long been insecure about the slight bump in her nose uh, snapchat's fun effects which let you embellish your selfies like dog ears flower crowns and like would also erase the bump entirely. I think I'd like to look, uh, ooh, sorry. I think I'd like to look how I look with this filter that makes my nose look slimmer. This is what she said. Ooh, that was a bit, that was a bit confusing with the eyed, eyed. <laughs> so socializing in the real world, she would choose her seat to avoid being seen in profile. She recognizes that this was irrational, but it happens. I feel like we're in a world where a lot of people are seen to be perfect. And so we try and reach that peak. This is what I was ranting and raving before. Sometimes her followers would suggest meeting in person. Then it would be like, I have to look like my selfie. It was around this time, the height of her Snapchat obsession, that Anika started contacting cosmetic doctors on Instagram. So that was just one of the one, in one of the articles that I read about this Anika, and I was like, 25 selfies a day. But again, obviously she she sought help for her for the issue. 
Um, and it's just, and she's not the only one because there are so, so many other people like her who suffer from from this um, Snapchat dysmorphia. And it's it's really a shame that this is what we're this is what we're focusing on and i feel like yes social media for such a long time especially in its beginnings like facebook it was more in um about staying in contact because you know you had your friends your family colleagues that would go around the world so you wanted to stay in contact with them and then it just became this thing of it wasn't only to like um be in contact with people or stay in contact with people it was sharing everything about your life from the moment you get up to the moment that you go to sleep you're sharing something about your life and i feel like we're kind of going back to our high school days of where who's the best dressed and who has the best hair and who's eating the best breakfast and who is the healthiest and who is the most athletic and who you know what i mean and it's just like this i feel like it's it's high school all over again in a way and like who's the most popular and who has the most likes and followers and comments and it's just it's just this game and we're putting so much into this game i'm putting myself in here because you know at a certain point uh i i was n not as to this point where certain people are like i need like four thousand five hundred followers or something no not at all but you know i i do have a tendency of scrolling aimlessly sometimes on anything whether it be um, on Facebook, on um, Instagram, and whatnot. I do this on Pinterest also. Okay, I have like an. I do have a Pinterest addiction, but that's something. That's something else. I love looking at food and recipes. But in the sense of, I definitely put myself in this equation where I say that, like, we we are being somehow manipulated, even if we don't realize it, by social me by social media, by media in general, about what perfect is supposed to be. And we definitely have to remember there is no such thing as perfection. And what makes you beautiful are your imperfections and I know it's very difficult for people who do suffer with um, certain um, with certain mental like health issues like BDD or snapchat dysmorphia that goes under like that and whatnot or OCD and whatnot it's very very difficult for them so of course me just saying you know love yourselves it's difficult and we, we need to be more open and we need to seek help. If you feel like you have a problem, seek help. There are places where they can, I don't have the numbers right now, but I will definitely, if you feel like you, you need to see someone, to speak to someone about an issue, or you, especially regarding what sh how you feel about yourself or your body or whatever, please go and seek help and see. There are people who are willing to help. There are places to contact. I do believe that sometimes it's just very difficult to switch off our phones but i think we also as a society need to put the phone down we need to stop comparing our lives to each other just keep your eye on your goals not what the other person is doing right next to you or two houses down or in the next country you you work on you honey do what you need to do to be where you need to be it doesn't matter what the, there's always going to be competition it doesn't matter and is there such a thing as healthy competition i have no clue because i grew up at a time where it was competition of being the best the best of be and the best so you know and for people who weren't the best at whatever it created like traumas that we're trying to heal <laughs> in our fucking 30s but in all reality i i'm just one little person that's just let, telling you please love yourself 
you know you are not unlovable don't compare yourself to your next door neighbor to i don't know who you're comparing yourself uh to please don't be a sheep be yourself because that is your power that is where your beauty comes from all right i'm gonna stop my my little rave um my rant and rave i'm gonna leave you guys i'm gonna love you guys i hope you enjoyed um, this week's episode let me know what you think about it contact us via gmail at beautyunlockedpodcast or at gmail.com i would love to hear from you guys let me know if you would like to hear or like have a specific topic that you would like me to cover uh follow us on social media um i hope you guys have a lovely rest of the week remember to love yourselves love each other and if somebody is judgmental or gives an opinion that is unsolicited remember that there's something wrong with them not with you i'll be waiting for you guys on next week's episode bye wow Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Redbow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com.